the Rabbit Hole Club, where we're keeping it surreal and talking about all things odd, mysterious, and paranormal. This is show 005. Tonight's guest is my sister from another mister, Christine Blue. We're going to talk about how we met, a ghost named Jimmy, UFOs we've experienced together, haunted Longview Lake, and all kinds of other weird shit. It's candid with plenty of colorful euphemisms and adult language, so be advised. Before we dive in too deep, remember to visit my Patreon account and become a member so I can keep bringing you fun and freaky shows with colorful guests and amazing stories. It's full of fun little goodies that'll make you go, hmm. Patreon.com forward slash The Rabbit Hole Club. If you want to follow me on social media, you can find all of that on my new website, therabbithole.club. Be sure to like and follow while you're there watching creepy and cool stuff. If you or someone you know would like to share a scare, personal experience, or anything else odd and unusual, you can call my hotline at 816-514-5084. Leave a message there or send an email to submit at therabbithole.club. I'll be happy to do an interview, play your message on the air, or read your experience to my listeners. And now, on to the show! Hi, Chris. Hey, sister. I am so happy to have you here tonight. Thank you. I'm this, happy to be here. This is going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Okay, so first thing, let, let's talk about our relationship a little bit. All right. Let's tell the people how we met. Okay. Well, we met. It was 1979. I had to think about it, look it up in my brain. Oh, my God. It was 1979. <laughs> we were in seventh grade. And we bonded over horror movies. <laughs> the movies of the year were Aliens <laughs> and the Amityville Horror. <laughs> and that is how our 40-whatever-year friendship began talking about horror flicks. And um, we decided, or you decided actually, that you said, you got to meet my family. They are very much into this kind of stuff and the paranormal, and I want you to meet my family. And I was like, cool, because my family is not into this at all. <laughs> and I completely am. So you had me come over and meet the family, and uh, I loved them. They were great. They're great to this day. So it was probably two weeks later. We were trying to think of something to do together paranormally. <laughs> okay. And you said, hey, there's this, I think, witchy thing going on behind my house out in the woods. And I said, yeah, <laughs> well, let's go look at it. And so we walked back and, and there wasn't a lot of woods, but it was around Longview Lake. So there was a lot of woods. That was before the lake went in. That was before the lake went in. And we had, there was a lot of trails back there. People rode their bikes back there. People walked. It was a straight shot through the paths to sunny shores. Sunny shores. You uh, left swimming, out a swimming sacrifice hole. small <clears throat> animals back there. <laughs> Longview Lake wasn't there yet, but Longview Farms was. And so that was always a spooky place. And to grow up around there, we knew that there was um, unusual things going on there. So that was another thing that we bonded over, was talk of just the neighborhood. Um, 
and the paranormal stuff that people talked about and the the cults that might be there and the witches that might be there and the ghosts that are definitely there and um, so we decided okay we're gonna go and we're gonna check out this witchy possible thing behind your house or behind a field or I'm sorry a forest behind your house and we're talking about the Amityville horror <laughs> and we're talking about um, ghosts and we're talking about witches and we get to this area and you're like here it is here it is here it is and it was a probably six foot long privacy fence that's yeah. all that was left of this privacy fence nothing else was there yep and on the back side of this privacy fence was a pentagram a big one that someone had spray painted on there yep and around it was <clears throat> I don't know scratchings on the ground and it looked like maybe somebody had tried to start a fire or something small yep, yep. Um, and I just remember that being our really very first paranormal doings together <laughs> at oh. 13 years of age maybe oh my god 7th grade we were such kids holy we crap we were okay well I had forgotten that, so thanks. <laughs> no problem. So <clears throat> we did lots of crazy things that most teenagers, teenagers don't do. It's true. Together. We did some crazy things that most teenagers do do together. That's true. And we still do those things that occasionally. Is absolutely true. <laughs> All of the above. All of the above. Too much. But you know, that same area is a hotbed for... Like I said earlier, all kinds of things, paranormal, UFO sightings, ghost sightings, yep. witch covens, yes, uh, just all kinds of bizarre things in that area. Well, before the lake went in, uh, that area had a whole lot of little ponds and streams all around where and the lake is. And dirt roads everywhere. Yes. And dirt roads everywhere. Mm -hmm. And I remember when we were in junior high school and into high school before the lake went in, they had so many ritual murders out there where they would pull these bodies out of the pond and they had carvings in their bodies. Right, right. right. I had a couple of experiences completely different from each other. One being what I would consider a UFO experience when I was really young, maybe seven or eight years old. Mm -hmm. And I was with my older brother and it happened in the middle of the night and I wanted him to call somebody. I wanted him to call somebody to let them know that there was a UFO in our neighbor's back pasture. I just, you know, and... Um, Which was just like mm, a block away from where was, we saw the one that exactly, we saw. Exactly. Yes. And then the other experience of the strangeness of that area was riding on the back of a motorcycle with a, a guy. And we, this was before the lake, and we decided to go check out some of the dirt roads that led to the more spookier areas because we were bored teenagers right on a motorbike and so we did this was with my first husband wasn't I it? wasn't gonna say anything <laughs> but yes it was with your first husband because him and I grew up together but yes and so we're, we're on one of these dirt roads and we saw a fire in the middle of the quote-unquote forest the wood that you would be in there and um of course you know 
curiosity, we stopped the bike and got off to look. And what it was was some people out there in the wood, and they had barrel burn barrels, metal burn barrels, on to, um, stacked on top of each other with holes in them. And there was a raging fire coming out of all of these holes. Wow! And there was like it was like three barrels high, and these people, I would say, were dancing around it. The person I was with was like, "No, they're just milling around. They're partying, you know." And I'm like. Okay, if that's what you say, can we please leave now? Um, He wanted to be a bit of a jackass and try and scare me, you know, but um, eventually we did leave because I think he got a little worried too. I bet. And so it wasn't really that long of a time when we were like, nope, and we got on the bike and we left. But that was the kind of stuff that was happening in that area before the lake came in and it became a recreational paradise (laughs) right so i remember a very similar incident and i was probably i don't know maybe 12 11 or 12 years old was before the lake went in and we were down at the corner of longview and raytown road yeah which is way different than it used to be oh yeah and there was a car on the other side of the fence and the tree line that was on fire So dad pulled over and we all got out. It was a fairly deserted road. It was way after dark. Uh, We were on our way back from grandma and grandpa's at the time. We lived in uh, Lee Summit and they lived in Ruskin. Mm -hmm. So that was just the quickest route was to go down Raytown Road to Longview. Anyways, uh, we all got out and dad went down to check and see what the deal was, you know, see if we needed he was going to call the fire department. And of course, that was way before cell phones. So we had to go back to the house, call somebody. But we got out, and I remember standing out beside the car, right up against the side of the road. And of course, then there's a ditch, and then there is grass, and um, a fence, and then a tree line. Yeah. And the tree line was very dense. Yeah. As and it I, was in that area. Yes, as yes. it was in that area. That's why it was really weird that this burning car was on the inside of the fence line. Right. So we. I'm standing there, and I remember trying to walk back to the car. Mom said, come on, girls, let's get back in the car. And so she's corralling us back in the car. And there was somebody on the other side of that fence, inside the tree line, walking with us. Oh, It was creepy. We all jetted out of there and yeah called the fire department i don't know whatever happened but yeah it was creepy yeah creepy stuff like that i'm sure you could talk to anybody who lived in that area in the 60s and 70s and the early 80s before the lake went in that have all kinds of these stories because it really was a a place that was just outside of the city that had a lot of woods right well and there was witch's bridge too out there remember witch's bridge and that's Ultimately, I think where we were headed on the motorbike that night was to go and tempt Witch's Bridge. Spook out on Witch's Bridge, (laughs) which was probably called Witch's Bridge for a reason. Absolutely. They had a a pretty good-sized old three-story house that that burned while we were living in that area, Um, and that's kind of what gave it the name. 
that, that witch's area. And they, I, can't, I can't remember the name of the so-called coven that was there, but, I mean, people talked about it. They had a name for it and everything. And Absolutely, yes, they did. And I don't remember what the name of it was. I don't either. I mean, I know we, that, I, we were just teenagers. Yeah, and they weren't into any good stuff, and mm -hmm. so we were staying away. Right. You know, we were even good teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, speaking of teenagers, whew, I'm going to hit on a subject that's a little rough. All right. Okay. Uh, Jimmy. Jimmy? Jimmy. As in, not not that Jimmy, but no, a I Jimmy. Know Jimmy's. That, <laughs> Jimmy that you, yeah, we know a few Jimmies. We're just going to call him Jimmy the Ghost. Jimmy the Ghost. Jimmy the Ghost. So, Jimmy and you dated. We did. Before he was a ghost. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be clear about that. <laughs> so you and Jimmy dated. You were probably 16, 17, 17 years old, maybe. Mm -hmm. Something like that. Yeah. Except maybe 18, because I know you were working at the time. I think it was 17. Yeah. <clears throat> so I remember that morning before school getting a phone call from you. Okay, let's back up. Let's back up. Okay, so I dated Jimmy at one point in time, and then we just, as teenagers do, broke up, and I got another fella, and he got another girl, and those things didn't work out, and so maybe a year and a half later, he calls, he comes by, and he's like, hey, you know, want to go out again, da-da, and I was like, hey, no, I'm not really interested, um, and he got real upset with that. Yeah, he got upset about that, and I, I understood, and he understood where I was, but he was upset, and just a couple hours later, I got a phone call that he had, um, Jimmy had um, crashed his motorcycle into a telephone pole, and I got the word, and um, so yeah, we all, as friends of him, had to deal with that. Um, I had to take on a little bit of guilt that wasn't really mine to have. It was... That's right. But, um, you know, I was a teenager, and it wasn't the first teenage friend that I had had die, unfortunately, but he was close to me, and I felt some responsibility because of his anger over me just saying I wasn't wanting to okay, but be in he a relationship was with him. Seriously intoxicated whenever he crashed his motorcycle. That's what I heard. That's what I heard. And so that was all his choice, but that's what happened. Fair enough. So the funeral happens um a few days later, I would say five days later, and I could not bring myself to go. And I couldn't bring myself to ask any of my friends to take me. It was just something I had to deal with. Internally. Yeah. So I didn't go, but I talked to him. It was just tragic, it was, actually. It was just very tragic. It was a tragic waste. It was very, very tragic, and it didn't need to happen, and um, I didn't need to carry around any guilt over it, but I did. And uh, it, it is that. So anyway, I didn't go to the funeral. I will tell you that a year later, with the help of a friend, um, found out where he had been buried and went and visited his grave. 
and and said you know I just said my goodbyes then um, I had a lot going on in my life at that time so yeah, like new baby uh, new baby and fiance yeah, job stuff. school blah 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 anyway <clears throat> so it was about a week after his funeral and I was getting ready for work in the morning I was still living with my parents I had just had a baby and um, I had got her ready to go she was in the living room just in her little cradle thing probably asleep my mom was getting ready for work in the very back part of the house in her bathroom mm -hmm. and I was in the front bathroom and the doorbell rang and I heard my mom say do you want to get that and I said yeah I'll get it and I went to the door and I opened it up and Jimmy was standing right there. And I heard my mom say, who is it? And I turned for a second and I didn't know what I was gonna say. I couldn't say anything and then I just turned around and he, he was gone. He just came to say goodbye. I remember you calling me before work. I don't know if you blew work off that morning or if you were late or what. I don't remember. I don't remember, but I remember you calling <laughs> and waking me up that morning. Yeah. And well, you were like, you are never going to fucking believe this. Can I come over? I, I need to be with you. I'm coming over. Well, you know, how do you say to your mom? Well, um... <laughs> It's the ghost of my ex-boyfriend. <laughs> With this beautiful smile standing right there. Yeah. And uh, so I didn't say anything. And here she comes. She's getting ready to leave for work. And she's like, who was it? And I said, oh, Mom, I, I just had the weirdest experience, you know. I said, you heard that doorbell ring, right? And she's like, yeah. And I said, I answered it. And, and it was Jimmy Schnedeger. And she was like, what? And I was like, he was here and gone in an instant. And, you know, mom, she gave me a big hug, patted me on the head, said, oh, baby, I'm sorry. And went to work. <laughs> and you came over to my place? And I called you and I was like, I just had the most freakiest thing happen to me in my life. Oh, my goodness. That was, that was incredible, Chris. I'd uh, never had anything happened since like that and I've lost a lot of people mom was pretty persistent with some of her stuff but not like that I, I no not a full-on apparition of no like you said a smiling face yeah because I didn't see him smile the last time I saw him he was very angry with me right and so I guess you know he just had to make sure that I had that memory in my head it worked out fine but it was a an experience that I say happened to me and my mom. Yep. <laughs> yes. Thank goodness she was there because everybody probably would have thought I was just crazy. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for all the emotion there, sister. That's okay. Let's move on to another fun one. All right. Okay. So back in the day when we were young and raising our families and <clears throat> couldn't get away very often together because we were young and raising our, our families. families. Um, there was a time where your sister-in-law was doing what we so very affectionately referred to as fuckerware parties. 
Oh, those wonderful fuckerware parties. So, yeah, we've got, like, you know, negligee, lingerie, um... Uh, Lotions and potions. Potions and toys and all kinds of silly stuff. And and she would throw... It was like a Tupperware party, only it was for all of these goodies instead. So, you and I decided we were going to go to her party. Yes. Uh, it was probably a Saturday night. I don't remember exactly yeah, what night it was, probably. but it was a night... Uh, we were leaving her party, and you were taking me home, I think. Yes. We were coming down Blue Ridge Cutoff in Grandview. We were coming from Martin City. That's right. Up to Grandview mm-hmm. via Blue Ridge. Blue Ridge. Blue Ridge Cutoff, right. And so we got right about there by the, because um, we pulled over at the car wash. So we were we right did. there at like Duck Road and and Blue Ridge Cutoff in Grandview. And why Missouri. did we pull over at we, the car wash? We pulled over because there was a fucking UFO in the air. Yes, it had followed us from probably the Minor Park Road. I don't know what that road was called, but it was the road that you would go to all the way across. Which Blue is, River Parkway. Which is Little Blue River, isn't it? From or Little Blue? Blue Ridge. Yes. Okay, so that, whatever that intersecting road was. About yep. there is when it showed up above us. Yes. I was driving. Yes. You were in the passenger seat. Yes. And we were like, what is that? What is that? And, then, you know, most people would probably speed up, <laughs> try to get away from it. No, not me. I'm like, slow no, down. We're all like, what, what is, is that? that? <laughs> <laughs> and it slowed down, too. And it stayed right over the top of us. Very large. And, and I'm not going to say right over the top because I could see it out of my rear view mirror. Right, right, right. Yeah, it was off uh, a little to the south of us. Yes. And I remember red and blue big lights. Big lights. And I remember us getting to the first place we actually had the opportunity to pull over was at Duck Road at the car wash. And yes. we pulled over... Both of us got out. We had been smoking a joint that I had on some very cool hemostats. And uh, I had them in my hand. We both got out of the car. And I put my arm with the hemostats over your car door and the other arm up on the roof of your car. And when we got out, we instantly looked up. Right. We instantly looked up. And it kind of pulsed at us a little bit. Yes. And then it disappeared. And then it disappeared. It didn't fly off. It just went poof. <laughs> Let me just say, it didn't fly off. It just disappeared. Yes. Yep. And we got back in the car. A little shocky. little shocky. And noticed that we were missing some time. Yes. And the joint. With the hemostats. That was gone. That was the first thing we knew. And I don't know if we noticed that first and then the time or the time and that. I can't I remember I think we noticed order. that first because I was like, what happened to the, oh, what happened to the, because then I started rummaging through my purse and I got out. You got out. We looked all over on top of the car, under the car, in the parking lot, got back in. I started rummaging through my purse and I found the hemostats in my purse, inside my purse. The joint was missing. Yes. And my hairbrush was gone. And the hairbrush was gone. Yeah. And that's when we noticed the missing time. And that's when we noticed it was like we were thinking, what has just happened here? 
Right. And Wait I'm a not. Minute. Oh shit, they've got Colleen's DNA. <laughs> yep. And yours too, sister. Yeah, mine too. Yep. <laughs> so I'm not condoning that you smoke and drive. That's bad and wrong. It was a long time ago. Just that disclaimer here. Okay, guys. But that's what happened. <laughs> That is what happened. So, to all of you guys out there in alien world, <clears throat> if you are an extraterrestrial that stole a joint from a couple of girls way back in the 80s, um, you could return that, you know. <laughs> That's my show for this week. Special thanks to my amazing family for getting this project off the ground and indulging me down this crazy rabbit hole. Next week... I'll sit down again with my sister Christine Blue to talk about some crazy stuff we've experienced together, which includes our really creepy paranormal investigations and some EVPs that you should definitely listen to with the lights on. You won't want to miss it. Thanks for listening and keep it surreal.